Diddly dum British Strongman Podcast, episode 22. Is that right? Well, it doesn't matter anyway, does it? Right, so building on from last week as a bit of a, as a thing to start off with. I had a question um, last week from uh, one of my clients who will, rem- who will remain anonymous. Um, and she was asking about information about Psalms for women and how they're different, how they'd be different starting out. Can you, um, how would you, what, what, how would you address that? Have you got, sorry, have you got any experience like coaching women with that or would you be more confident doing the coaching men? Yeah, I mean, I don't have anywhere near as much experience as with men just because I think it's, it's, it's an easier stepping stone for a man really um, to be honest and also it's just one of them taboo subjects isn't it they just tend to yeah. stay within their kind of like little circle maybe where they train and stuff so it's not I just don't find as many people reach out uh, on the female side but um, looking at Psalms to start is a if, if you're wanting to take that that jump, it's definitely, in my opinion, better for a woman to do Psalms than it is, um, you know, jump straight into Anavar or something, uh, which is the most common, you know, most women will get told to run a low dose of Anavar as the first cycle. But I do think Psalms are a, a much safer and milder introduction to that kind of, that kind of world. So I think if she's got a heart set on doing something, uh, that Psalms would be, a good place to start. And so, so remind me, do you know about like you, <clears throat> you wouldn't be able to compete in a drug tested fed. Is that right? Or does it depend on the fed? Can you do B, am I imagining this or can you do a, a B, P, U or not? Um, they only recently changed it to include Sam's literally about, it must've been just before lockdown, I think. Right. Oh, it's, all, it's all right. She's uh, pre- she's pretty shit anyway, so she won't get tested. <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Um, right, so <clears throat> let's move on to a bit of a different topic now. So we'll go... Um, uh, Shane and I have just just real... Well, I've just, just chatted and the fact we've realised the fact that we both coach... I, I coach probably 10, 10 to 15 people who were who were coaching, who were, um, they were coaches themselves, either have a gym or the, the coach online or, or the a PT or the qualified, the, the coach in some capacity. Um, and we were going to maybe touch on people starting out and, uh, what we, what we would recommend and how we started out with coaching and stuff and what's helped us. Do you want to st- take, start us off, Shane? Yeah, I don't really know where to to start apart from. Yeah, well, I'll start off then. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. You go. You go. Well, I was just gonna say, um, if we're talking about a beginner, like someone who's just getting into online coaching, <clears throat> I think um, one thing that people do too quickly is just like um, dive into it. You know what I mean? They just kind of decide. Literally, I'm going to be a coach, so I'm just going to make a post about it. Yeah, and they don't make any planners to like pricing properly. A lot, of, I see a lot of coaches that underprice themselves, like thirty, forty pound a month. That was a mistake I made when I first started. Like, how much of your time you're giving away for that forty, thirty pound a month? If it's like four hours, five hours a month, you're paying yourself seven pound an hour. You know, which is. If, if, you're as, if you're as qualified and doing your job as you should, that shouldn't be your wage, you know what I mean? Because um, it sounds great, like, get a load of people at 40 quid a month, but it's it's more hours and more effort than what you um, imagine. So you've definitely got to make a plan as to how much you're going to charge, how many clients you can take on, how many hours a week you can manage, how much you need to live, etc. and what do you want to make. Uh, treat it like a serious business decision instead of like oh, I'm going to just start online coaching because I can do it around my normal job and I'm going to charge 40 quid a month get an extra 400 quid a month or something I think it's a more um, complex choice than that and that's when you see I see coaches come and go all the time they're just like 
it's just like one post and then maybe for the next three Insta posts, they're advertising the coaching services and they just kind of like disappear. And I think it's because the workload gets to them. They realize, oh, fuck, they've actually got to do something. And uh, then they can't really maintain it around their own training and, and the job. Yeah. I, yeah, I completely agree with that, mate. Um, I think think a lot of people price themselves out and they, and they think you've got to, um, in terms of, uh, I mean, that they ch- charge too little. And um, there's quite a lot of people out there who are scared to charge what they're worth, basically. And they, and um, but you've got they've got to ask themselves the question: Could they manage, like, say, for instance, to get if they're doing like wanting to get like a full time wage? I don't know. It's completely individual and depend depends on the lifestyle you want to lead. But say, for instance, you I don't know want to want to earn I don't know two and a half grand a month or something. Like if you're if you're charging thirty pound a month for your services, like you've got to think about your how many how many clients that is, and that's you're talking like eight eighty eight people to get that, and that's before any like overhead costs, eighty ninety people. Like, could you give eighty ninety people a good enough service, like a, a service like what 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 you kind of want to deliver, or would it be better with your um, would it be better charging more and being able to afford yourself the time to like over deliver your services? That's what um, my, my kind of approach is. And I, I think if you're going up, if you're going into it and you're taking the jump to be a full-time um, full-time coach and you're going all in, you need to work backwards. You need to think, right, well, fucking with all my bills, uh, how much disposable income do I want at the end of the month? Like, what's going to make me comfortable, like work it out backwards instead of just thinking, Oh, 30 pound a month sounds good or 80 pound a month sounds good because that's what so-and-so charges like bollocks, like the, the, your situation's completely individual and you need to work, you need to work, work out how much you want to earn, um, to live the lifestyle that you want to lead and, um, and work it out backwards. So if you want to, if you want to earn, if you want to earn five grand a month, like work, work it out how you can do that and and uh, over deliver qual- a quality service to people. Um, but in terms of if you were not wanting to go all in and just dip your toe in the water, you see quite a lot of people who have like say um, a, di- a decent job and um, an income and a career, and they just want to coach a bit on the side, then that's a completely different ball game because. Like say, I, I've got some guys who who do that. I've got like, um, like brilliant businesses themselves, and they're not they're not actually co- they're not actually doing the coaching for the for the money. The however much a, a session or whatever, they're doing it because they kind of uh, they they lo- they're loving they're loving to do it, and they want to share something, and they get something from yeah. it. They're getting something back. So it depend. It massively depends on the on the goal. Um, yeah, go on. I'll let you see what you said as well about like over delivering the service. <clears throat> That's where um, like longevity comes into play as well. Like <clears throat> I think I've done it. I've kind of kind of done it by accident, but I've been online coaching like for five years, I think now. And every year it's got bigger. Whereas there's been times I've seen it in the past where like someone will start being an online coach. And they're like full on, it's everywhere. Like they're spamming it, you know, not, not mentioning any names, but like it's just stuff everywhere, hashtags. And then people jump on board and they're hashtagging it. And then some famous guy fucking starts getting coached by him and then it gets everywhere and it blows up. And then if, if you haven't got a plan for giving good service for years, if you're like recycling that same training block, over and over after three or four times round people are going to be like oh so we're going to do this aren't we we're going to you know start this phase again and go here so then you start to see these methods like go away after like a year and a half um i've seen it loads of times like i think of loads of examples but i ain't name dropping anyone um but i think if you if you're not customizing it, you're not putting in the time and effort to each person they're not going to stay on more than four or five months because yeah. You're gonna get everything they can out of you and be like, "Well, this is it, and there's nothing more to get." That's it. I completely agree, and and that's why it's such a false economy. Fucking charging so little, and people people say, "Oh yeah, well, uh, I I don't want to charge somebody so so much a month and my mate or whatever." Like, 
but you, but you can't justify giving them a quality service because there's only so many hours in a day. Like what about um, like professional development and stuff? What about courses? Like if, if you or I see a course that we want to do, like it doesn't matter if it, it doesn't matter if it's fucking a hundred pound, 500 quid, a grand. If we want to do it, we'll go and do that because we, you've kind of built up your thing to, you've built up your business so you can do that. And, and, and a thing for me as well, like I completely agree with the, uh, like the retention thing and the, that that's such a, like an important variable for anybody starting in, I suppose, in any kind of coaching business, like use that as your, one of your key performance indicators, like it, it, are you retaining your customers? Are they, are they keeping paying? Are they happy? Like, because if, if you can, if you can get like, even if you could, even if you're starting out and you get three or four, like or three or four or five, like amazing, amazing clients that think you're absolutely amazing because you can, because you're helping them so much. Like you've got enough there to make whatever money that you want to want a month, like from the, the kind of word of mouth and get them like kind of r- r- like raving about you and like, pe- Shane, People message you, people don't fucking stumble across you off like, they don't just flip through and think, oh, uh, hi mate, how, do you, how much do you charge for online coaching? Like, everybody who comes to like people like us, uh, like, oh my God, I've, I've, like, how amazing is it when someone fills out your form or whatever, or they get in contact on social media and they say, oh Shane, I've been watching so-and-so for the last 18 months and I'm staggered with his progress. He's a similar body weight to me, blah, blah, blah. His lift's just gone from that to that. I've been a bit too nervous or whatever, taking the step to get coaching. But now I think think the time is right. Like, they're the kind of fucking awesome people that you want to sign up, aren't they? Like, yeah, it, no, yeah. It, it's I heard not- it today off a guy. It's called Shane. It's called, it's called me. But he, yeah, he said the same thing that he's been like, Again, this is this is far too common that I get um, told this, which is, I mean, they didn't tell me the name, but they're just like, I've been from this coach and I felt like he didn't really pay me any attention. He didn't know anything about me, just give me the program. And that's why I've not been coached for however long because, you know, he's not found someone that's actually invested in yeah. himself. But then it's like, I understand why, because I mean, I don't know how much he was paying actually or who he was with, but I imagine it was just one of those people that needs to, you know, if you've got a hundred clients, you can't, you know, you can't know a hundred people, you know, you've just got to fire, um, fire the program out, you know, and get it to them. Um, and this is one of the kind of issues that's cropped up with me in the last, I don't know, like maybe say the last eight weeks or so, I was like, because obviously you know me, I'm not the greatest businessman in the world. Most of the stuff I've learned is off you and Dean, who are both, you're just a lot more educated and a lot more, I'm very emotional. I like make decisions based on like, if I like people or whatever. And you know what I mean? I just, I don't know why I just can't separate the two. I'm really shit at it. But one of the things with me was obviously I'm really big on service. I want to know everyone and I was getting like inquiries, inquiries, inquiries. Uh, so I had to bump up my price to a hundred pounds because I didn't want to make the mistake of like blowing up, so to speak, and then giving loads of shit programs out because there's just too many to handle. Um, but then even when I bumped my price up a little bit, uh, I was still getting them. So another two weeks later and Joe, Joe Skull's the same as uh, you and Dean loves business and talking about stuff. And he's like, should be charging this much, should be charging this much. Like you, you over deliver, you do this, you do that. And I was like, right, okay. So I bumped it finally to 150, which to me is ridiculous. But that's why I tend to listen to Joe on it because he's like reassuring me that it's the correct price for the service. And I'm going to fuck it up if I don't charge the correct price, because I'm not going to be able to deliver the service. So for me, that was like a hard business decision because to me personally, I think 150 pound a month is a lot of money to pay someone and it, it, it puts the level of trust onto me that makes me feel even more like I really need to, you know, pay attention to this guy because yeah, it kind of works both ways. They're investing in me. So I feel like but, I have to you, reinvest. 
But Shane, you'll, you'll find and that you'll have noticed that as you've increased your prices, like you've kind of, you're kind of d diluting the kind of shit people that you don't want. Like, and this might sound fucking like quite ruthless or whatever, but like you get rid of the people who are just trying to get a good deal. Do you know what I mean? Like we don't, like I am, I've done my time in the trenches with people who are trying to get a fucking deal, you know, or, or, or can you do me a, or like mates rates or whatever, like, no, like you, you can't afford to do it. Like we've got people who pay a premium and like, I suppose like, like it was similar in terms of pride ourselves on over delivering. And I feel like for any one of my clients, uh, if one of them messaged me and said, look, I'm having a, I'm having a disaster. I'm wherever in the UK, can you come in? Can you come and see me? Like, because of how we run our business, like you, you, you'd go, you'd go to the other end of, the, you'd drive to the other end of the country and take a day off work to go and see one of your customers if you needed to. I know you yeah. would, and and I would. But these people who are fucking charging twenty pound a month, like they can't, they can't deliver that that level of service. And please, like anybody listening to this, issues my client. Don't don't like call me out on that actually. Um, <laughs> But, but you know you know what I mean, though. And, and, might, though but it, it just comes with the volume, doesn't it? If you're charging 20 quid a month, but you've only got six people, you, you're going to still over-deliver, aren't you? But that's the, like you were saying, like, it gets, this is why I get emotionally attached to stuff, because like, after six months, I feel like I'm really good mates with all my clients. And uh, Shannon goes mad at me, because I'm forever on my phone. I'm always hosting myself, because... I'm texting a client, but it's like Alan giving me shit and making a meme of me or something, you know what I mean? And then like all these people, like I feel like the only people I don't really know are just the ones that, they're just social media away, you know what I mean? Like you message them on WhatsApp, you get a reply two days later, they just don't use the phone. Obviously you can't really build that relationship online, but 90% of people, it's like every day, like a message every day, a conversation every day. And I feel like I know them, I know the job, I know if they've got kids, if they've got a missus, what's going on, you know, if they've had a breakup, this, like it becomes like, you know, it's, it, you become very invested in the your clients. And that's why it always baffles me when I think about someone who doesn't do that. Cause I'm always like, how the hell do you uh, coach them? Because half of coaching to me, is fucking counseling. <laughs> yeah, well, of course it is. And that's it. And it's, that that's it. This is what I will always say, right? The coaching is a lot more than septum reps, isn't it? Like that, the septum reps is just a tiny little feature of what what they get, and that's why people are, people are blown away when when uh, they've been they've been they've had coaching from other places or they've followed so and so's program or whatever, and like the the the, the baffled that. So some people, some people even even message me and say, "Oh, thanks so much for getting back to me," and I'm like. You're fucking paying me. You're paying yeah, me whatever a month. I'm like, what? What do you mean? I'm like, I have to like reassure people. I'm like, look, I'm not pissing about at this. This is my fucking full time job. Like, when the, when like a them and I go into detail, or whatever. Like, this is this is my this is what you're paying for. This is what. Yeah, and to me, I'm just like so great because I, I think anyone starting out in online coaching dreams of being where like I am now and i find it I, I really tell myself like don't take this because i'm a bit of a selfish cunt and at times i can take it for granted so i always remind myself like don't take this for granted this has taken a long time to do and you know because sometimes there are them days where you just um because it's 24 7 all the time like i got people in different countries and shit so i wake up and my phone's like 16 messages on while I've been asleep and then I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, mate, it's late because I'll wake up at 11 or something or message me at 7 a.m. for something. And um, yeah, just after like, well, I'll just throw my phone some days and be like, like, just give me a minute. And so then I just always tell myself, don't take this fucking for granted. You you just woke up with no alarm again for like the hundredth time in a row. And um you know, you've got out of bed, got a fucking coffee, breakfast, and now you can sit down and do some work in your office. Like, don't be a bitch and uh, don't take it for granted because I do I do sometimes get too used to a good situation. Yeah. Right. Let, let's get, give something to the listeners then who were who were, who were coaches, who were starting out or maybe doing the PT qualifications, right? Like a simple marketing strategy to um, to get them going, right? Something dead simple would be... 
Well, it, it, I think it just seemed like you told me a long time ago. I think you used the term low-hanging fruit or something, I think you said. And uh pretty sure it was you. I might have been Dean. One of the two. You said, like, if a tree's got all these nice little fruit hanging at the bottom, you don't go for the ones at the top first. You, you just grab the low-hanging ones. So, like, you, you kind of, like, circle of people around you that you know. So yeah, you start like a, a, a low barrier offer. That's that's what I, I like to fucking decide. right. So yeah, so you, how I would say is to start off with the ones you can manage. Make sure that your system that you've got in place and the way you're doing stuff. Make sure it's the right way of doing it before you take on more. And make sure you get comfortable with it and kind of understand how many hours you're having to put in. This might be like five clients at the start that you just get from Facebook posts or Insta posts without any like paid ads or anything, just like people that are going to see it, uh, that are local to you, that know you. Um, and then once, once you get comfortable with them, um, for me, I would just stick with the old word of mouth, make a little slogan or whatever, get your clients to post it, you post your client results, start that way, and you should hopefully double them maybe in, in, in a couple of weeks or months. A referral scheme or something like that to help it, uh, grow and then if you're providing a good service I think it will just start to flourish very naturally because um, yeah. online is great because you can just you just reach so many people don't you it's a bit different to I think it's a bit different to like actually PT in a gym I think you'd have to do it a lot different yeah I agree so so what you've just said there about saying if you just focus on it'll just naturally flourish. I agree with that. Um, so, but how you get it to naturally flourish is by don't focus on the extrinsics around the, uh, and this is why it will be good if you're like starting out as a bit on the side, I think. Um, will be like, don't, 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 if you can get like a safety net. So like when I started before I opened my gym, like I fucking delivered Chinese and delivered um, pizzas at a weekend. So I could, I work, work like Thursday, Friday, Saturday night because my working at working at gym was so such a shit wage. But I needed to learn my craft and do time in the trenches, blah blah blah, whatever you're gonna say. But what whatever you. So what I used to do was Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. Used to deliver deliver Chinese, deliver pizzas, whatever. Um, bit of cash in hand. That so what I could do was. Um, basically save up my money. This was while, while I was at uni actually. And a um, little part-time job so I could get experience getting in front of people and actually coaching. And then a year later, well, when I, when I graduated, um, but yeah, when I graduated, I got my f first job, at full-time job at 315, because, which is just basically a commercial gym, because... Um, I got the job because I'd been doing this part-time work at somewhere else, like a few hours a week, but on my CV. I'd... So basically I got, I got a job as a full-time personal trainer, which where I was paid like a retainer wage, if you will. Like it was full-time. I was working, I don't know, like 40 odd, 40 hours ish for probably about 10 grand, 11 grand or something, 12 grand or something. But so it it wasn't a great wage at all, but it got me this invaluable experience of getting in front of people and, and actually coaching that I did for a year whilst delivering Chinese to get my proper money, where I was getting like whatever, 250 quid a weekend or something for delivering Chinese. Um, and, then I, and then I saved up 10 grand to invest in myself and to... Um, to start up a business, and that's why I started up the bit. Started up business like. Do you like, think your online coaching would be different if you didn't get that? Because obviously, I know online coaching is slightly different to in person. But do you think that the experience in the gym helped you do your online stuff now? I know you obviously still coach. Hundred percent, yeah, definitely, because it because it's because it's actually like. You learn how to be versatile. You learn how to like it's coaching. It it's like adapting to a situation. It's not like I've just said. It's not about sets and reps, is it? It's not just sets and reps. It's about Shane. You've programmed me fucking three rep max back squat eight RPE, but my knees are hurting today. What can I do? What can I do? It hurts when I do high bar. 
Like, what can I do, mate? Yeah. And and then you give me oh, something, oh, so or I I answer that. Um, or I keep get I keep getting uh, and I don't know. I keep getting shin splints doing fucking yoke or whatever. Like, what could, what can we do that's gonna like? Because that's where a lot of people they're like competitive powerlifters or whatever, and then they just go, oh, I've done this a while now. I'll be an online coach. And that's the thing that knows about them as well is they've not got any coach. I mean, they might have shown a few people at Jim Atlas Stones or something, but they haven't got that, like you say, that in-person, face-to-face, breaking shit down experience. And then it always baffles me, like, how can you, how can you do that over a video if you've never even done it face-to-face? I tell you what, mate, right? It's, I was thinking this the other day, right? It's actually helped me so much as a inverted commas, like an athlete now. Now I'm like focusing on like competing and got big goals and stuff. Like, first and foremost, like I'm a coach. I was a coach first. Like, I was shit, I was shit at lifting. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm good now, great now, but like, I was shit at lifting, but I still prided myself on getting people stronger consistently. And that was from the experience doing the, doing the, like, God knows how many hours actually in front of coaching people, being able to communicate. Like, the big thing for me as well, like, I, I'd say I'm, good, I'm uh, good at communicating, whether that be online or whether it be at the gym. And, like, that was a big thing from uni, going out, like, pulling birds all the time. That was uh, chatting people. That was a massive uh, thing from uni. That, um, well, you've got to, as, a, as a coach as well, like you say, you've got to have the gift of the gab, haven't you? you know what I mean? You've got to be able to, you got to be able to chat shit. That's why I mean, you get stuck in rooms for hours. <laughs> it's, it's chat bollocks. Oh yeah, just chat absolute shit. But but it's it's practicing that thing of like not being phased by stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like you and I have been in so many situations in our life, like for the age that we are, where fucking hell like it could be like something serious to deal with and we've just had to like kind of adapt and evolve and and change and we've and yeah like respect you like i've seen you do it and i fucking respect you a lot for that and like i I, i've done done quite a few few similar things that could have sent a lot of people off piste and stuff but i think that that's what And, that, and that's the thing that we can we can we can actually give to to I suppose to other coaches is is just like what what if the, if things like don't go to plan like like don't worry about plan A like plan, plan B like be open minded to plan B or plan C like think yeah like, just but just blag it make it up as you go along and I'm not saying like you won't hear that from fucking go like going to uni really and stu- studying a studying from a book, but just be adaptable and, and be, be a, be a human. Like what, what do you want to do when you're coaching? Like you actually just want to help people, don't you? Like, what do you do every day, Shane? You fucking help people. Like, how do you get help, help people getting stronger? Like, yeah, a lot of it is the sets and reps, but a fucking lot of it is actually like you say, counseling or getting someone to stick to a fucking, they're meant to do for three days training whatever getting them to stick to that three yeah. days training for three years solid that's what's going to get the results isn't it yeah like, like you said that's such a i mean yeah it's just that the thing being on top of people and like you say if i notice someone's missed a couple of sessions in a row it's like hey mate you're like, are you okay like is anything going on that i should know about it's not like why have you missed your sessions kind of thing telling them off it's more like I'm, a, I'm assuming something's happened because, you know, you've missed these sessions. You are right. And sometimes it's like, oh, I've just not felt that true coach, mate. But other times it can be, oh, yeah, this has happened and it's quite a, you know, bad event that um, maybe they haven't spoke to anyone about yet, you know, and yeah. you're the first person they've told because they feel obliged to because they've not missed training. And then you can just have a 10-minute combo and it's that person airing their problems out. And um, I had a message last week about um, the results from the coaching and basically saying it was the best thing that he'd done. And it was, I thought it was just really nice. It made me feel all right about myself, but um, it was more to do with the mental health side of things about how 
he's changed because he's had so much structure and been like looking forward to every week and every training session. And when he started seeing the results, um, really gifted athlete actually. But when he first started, you wouldn't have expected that, so to speak. Um, so then he's obviously flourished physically, but was thanking me for the mental uh, change more so than, you know, have a big log or whatever. So, so it is good. Enjoy it. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, so what, one last, last thing to round this off, to, to give to people starting out, like say we've said what to do if you've got five, five or six clients and how to grow it a little bit or whatever. But if you're at home thinking, I haven't got my first client yet, but I really want to do it. Like what I would recommend you to do is um, assuming that you, you're doing it as a, like a bit of a part-time thing at first for the love of it, is it is actually just just get some of your friends and family um, and and just just get some real real results with people like like um, that, to, to be fair that's what one of the things that that um, like say my mum for instance credit to my mum and she started listening to the podcast actually so and she loves them Shane um, but mum. <clears throat> My my mum started training and li and lifting weights to literally help me out because I was at three one five and I was like saying, look, I'm setting up this business. Uh, would you would you come? So it looks like there's a few people who want to fucking do it basically, like to actually get in front of people. And she says, yeah, yeah, I'll help it, help you out for six weeks and whatnot. And then she's ended up getting these amazing results, changing her body shape, getting strong, blah 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 blah. And she's now a full time coach and. Um, I didn't know that's how she started. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, like li like literally, just she she'd never she she'd never been in um, she'd never she'd joined gym, the typical cycle of joined a gym and never never gone because she didn't like treadmills and shit like that, whatever. But the the point is, is like I've got re real life results there with my mum, and she's like pestering me. I had to turn her down for personal training last week. She's like offering to pay me. Oh, she she was asking. She was saying, should I should I can I go? Should I go and ask Shane? Can I? Uh, what, what will Shane charge me for PT? I just want a PT session every week. <laughs> I know, um, and I said that you, you were too busy for PT. But but my point is, is that 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 started off as as actually. Uh, she won't mind me saying this because it will help people. But like, she's somebody that. Like just really, start, it was convenient for me. She was doing me a favor, getting helping me get some results and some data. And it's turned out that it's it. She she's got in, got it like really improved her shape, really improved her body fat, improved her mental health, which is the probably the main thing for for her. Um, she's got into lifting. She competes in powerlifting, strong woman. She did Europe strongest woman masters last year. She did British powerlifting nationals this year. Um, she's wanting to take Psalms with Shane uh, this year, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but but my my point is that it's real life, real life results there that like I've ne obviously I've never I've never charged her. In in fact, a thing that I said to her when I started off was I said because this this is a word of warning for people who you might be trying to help out for free. I said to her, I said um, I said I want you to pay me. But I said, when you when you hit all, when you achieve all the sessions, I said you'll give your money back. I'll give you your money back because I didn't want to obviously make any money out of my mum. But it got her invested in it, and then it actually got to the point after six weeks or eight weeks or whatever it was that she wouldn't take the the money back for that initial program because she was so happy with the results. Um, so that that's a good that's a good little trick or whatever to you know like say for instance you you want to train your mum and dad or your cousin or something like that. Like everybody will think that it's a just good have idea. your fingers crossed to ask for it back. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, get basically get some get some real life results with people, and then like my mum was a great example because she's got a fucking big gob and big mouth that like everybody in the everybody in the fucking rest of the family knows, or like all the people around her area know that. Oh God, look, I've lost weight. Look at my pictures or whatnot. Do you know what I mean? So get people raving about you, and uh, and then it'll t then it'll uh, kind of take care of itself, and then you can um, kind of get people involved with you because you've got they want that result that that person has got. 
yeah they're not they're not getting in contact with you because you've put an offer out because you put on facebook oh i'm a qualified pt now come and book your sessions people fucking won't be interested generally yeah but if you get good results with somebody and say look this is what happened to person a person b uh, person a over the course of eight weeks their mental health is feeling great and they stop taking the tablets or whatever like that that will resonate with people why and and you'll be able to um connect and then uh, build the business from there um right let's uh, ch change the topic let's go into the quick fire questions round shane right okay so I, won't, I won't um so um so world's strongest twins have been um pestering me for um for this i with this idea of um say, saying that some of the podcasts that they listen to they have like a quick fire question round that's pretty good fun um, so I've got some questions that I'll, um, I won't set you up or anything. I'll just, I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll, sure. It's worth that. I'll just get them up on, uh, on here. Um, it's hard to be set up right now. Right, mate. So, um, so this is the this is the kind of shit that we have to deal with, right? So uh, Jan has message saying, "Why does Shane's pick have tits?" Tits. Yeah, the logo has tit. The logo has tits. If you look. Oh right, okay. Um, that was on Decker. All right. <laughs> Gino. Um, right. This is this is a good one from uh, Joe Douglas. Why does Shane hate Cerberus so much? You've got sixty seconds. Oh, that's a tough one. You <laughs> had two minutes. No, it's it's mainly I just think for a long time that they just produce shit. Uh, that's just what I think. Like the belts, I think are shit. The straps are shit. The throwing bags, oh, they're all they're all right actually. The throwing bags are all right. I'll I'll give them that. But um, some other shit as well I've seen is just it's just crap. And I just started slating him as a bit of a joke because every powerlifter and strongman under the sun's got a discount code. Um, and then they <laughs> wouldn't let me buy plates at 50% discount. <laughs> uh, right. the, he's a little fuck, right? He's a little, right, you've set me off here. He's a little fuck. <laughs> Basically, the little, there's a discount code going around at 50%. And it's not my fault there's a 50% fucking discount code floating around, is there? So I bought some competition plates. Right, Shane, that's your minute. You're up. Right. He's a fucker. Ollie, ollie lifters or flats for overhead lifting? Ollie lifters. So Unless you've got snap knees, then flats. Yeah, What? why? Uh, just the, the difference in dorsiflexion, it's, ever, it's only ever so slight. I never really understand it personally because if you're in Olympic lifters and you're like extremely mobile, yeah. then your knee won't track much further forward than it will when you're in flats. But it seems to alleviate a lot of knee pain. Um, it just anecdotally always seems to work. So Yeah, yeah, yeah I've, I've noticed that um, like with people, if they go from ollie lifters to flats, um, you know, from basically limiting that dorsiflexion, like you say, and how far the knee tracks, like can really um, uh, help with the, the, the knee pain. But obviously it changes the skill of the lift a little bit more and you have to work harder to keep that vertical torso. So uh, give it a go and let us know how you get on. Um, right, next question. That was uh, 55 seconds. Right, here's a good one, Shane. What are the three... So from Hugo Amaro. Oh, yeah. I had a video chat of him this morning, actually. Brilliant. So what's the three biggest lifts for strongman to be considered good? Like stone, log, farmers. What, what, are the th what, what would you... Uh... event, I would say... As much as I don't want to, you're going to have to throw a deadlift in there because it's in every comp. So I would say deadlift, and then there's going to be an overhead. So I'll go with I'll go with the common log answer, but then I would choose a third, probably a front carry or front load. What do you say? Yeah, definitely, definitely the deadlift, um, and then floor to overhead. Uh, I would say. 
maybe maybe a barbell floor to overhead or axle. I just think it's like a more difficult skill to master. That I think. Yeah, I think I think axle's getting more common now as well. Seems to be. But I think um, you could get really good at the log and then struggle with like say axle cleans, if you will. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think some kind of uh, some kind of carry. Um, well, there's no gripping box. It's hard to pick three, isn't it? It's hard to pick three. Well, farm, farmers could be good, couldn't it? Because then he could cover the grip element as well. Right, anyway, ne next thing. So that's three. We're going to go three more. Um, biggest coaching achievement, Shane, for you? Um, I would say Ash Broughton's 400 kilo deadlift. Just because it was the first, I've had about four clients pull over 400, but um, Ash was the biggest improvement. And it was like a big, to me, it's like, um, you know, taking someone from 390 to 400 is like a cherry on top, but going from like 330 or whatever the fuck he was at, 350 maybe, or something like that. It was quite a big, it was quite a big jump in kilos. And there was no real difference in anything apart from training. There wasn't like, um, it's not like we just fired fucking 10 mil of training him and did it it was a good it was a good long year graft brilliant um so for, for me pro, um probably lee, lee osmond retaining england's and uh, and europe's with because that was basically his main goal when when he started with the the coaching but actually the performance on the day and what we tweaked and actually it was so close um the England's last year with uh, Matt Eilif, it was like neck and neck, and it came down to the truck pool or whatever. Um, but stuff that we'd worked on, like we'd made some technical tweaks with like the stone, which had got him like more points than he would have done if if uh, we hadn't have had the, made like the kind of t tweaks. And then with U Europe's, um, he struggled with the yoke a little bit at, at England's and that was something that we worked on at Europe's and it was like, neck and neck with Parvo at, at Europe's and I, th I think he came like top three on yoke um you about 300 seconds oh, I better go in there <laughs> um I was like you cut me off on that service one <laughs> <laughs> do you lads have any sponsors Josh must have loads <laughs> that's from Joe he's just fucking trolling do you <laughs> so do, do you have do you have any sponsors Shane they're just strength shop. Um, so, yeah, but I've been with strength shop for about five years or something now. So, uh, And that yeah. came about because you were, you were calling them Snapshot, weren't you? Yeah. I, before Logan bought the company, or whatever he did, I don't fucking know. I'm assuming he bought it or whatever happened. Um, when Buzz owned it, yeah, I used to call them Snapshot. That was, uh, that was how it got started because they said they wanted to change their... Uh, my opinion of them and they did I, I really rate a lot of strength shop stuff I mean I'm he likes me because I'm honest because he sent me a bench fucking last month I told him it was shit and sent it back um, so he likes me for my honesty I still tell him when he sends me snapshot if you could pick one strongman event to erase from existence what would it be I don't know if I'd even want to. It's a bit of a random question. Um, I don't. I don't know. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> I wouldn't be very good coach if I didn't. If I wanted to raise an event, I mean, I, I don't know. The medley, maybe. I don't know. Medley. Well, I like medleys now. I've said it, but that's what I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a tough one, really, because I think. Um, like you've got to embrace the stuff that's shit and difficult and that's what makes like I suppose a good strong yeah, my first point of call is to say farmers but then I always tell myself no that's because you shit I mean you train them don't be a dickhead so then I'm like no I can't say that then everything else I like so <laughs> yeah um, yeah stuff like foot forward holds a bit tedious isn't it but Oh, I suppose, yeah. We'll, we'll take forward hold. We'll go with that one. That's yeah, I, I would say forward hold, right, because 
it's okay. so it's it's so fucking subjective, and you go from like different different comps and different height allowances and people in their ass. Like it's not you can't measure that shoulder angle or hips or anything. You can't. It's just hard to police, isn't it? Who who do you think is this is from Mike Dell? Who do you think is the most exciting under ninety and one hundred and five athlete out there right now? Under ninety, hmm. under one hundred and five, I would say probably just Anthony Furman if he's still competing at one hundred and five. I think he was supposed to defend this title against that Polish fella, who's an absolute savage as well in. Um, November and then under 90 my bias wants to say flash or general um I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to I'm sorry flash I'm gonna have to say general I think he's absolutely class I think he's just off his head how many chickens would it take to kill an elephant um 100 <sighs> you can't ask high people that question if you can only do one overhead event for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Log. That's that's all I do anyway. So <laughs> I've already completed that question. Do you think it would be possible for someone as small as Darren Sadler to compete at World's Strongest Man now? Uh, well, Hicksy does, so I'm assuming. I suppose Hicksy is, well, Hicksy is a lot bigger than Darren now. I was thinking height. Does he mean height or like size? Um, small we just put I don't think he's met Darren Sadler he's fucking yoked um, so yeah I think yeah he could uh, to be honest I reckon if Darren fucking tried he probably could himself if you could pick a perfect five event comp for you what event would you pick events would you pick you go on that one yeah oh, um, I'd have to go with right hand dumbbell floor to overhead um, five events at the moment. <laughs> um, I'd pick big mongy suited deadlift with uh, eighty inch straps and, uh, <laughs> inch straps. and then um, and uh, like bumper plates right to the edge. Um, then maybe dumbbell, maybe max dumbbell. I would like to push that in a comp. Um, stone run like stones. Yo, so you'd want a you'd want a one ten stone for reps till you die, and you could just be like, you you are the ten motherfuckers, just line up there, and I'll knock you down one by one. <laughs> um, by the way, twins, that's what he's been telling me all week. He's been saying I absolutely throttled these twins on the stone. He said he did something like seventy three reps or something. Um, and that yoke, I like yoke. Like any kind of speed or heavy, whatever. Not bothered. I think that's five. Um, right, one more question, Shane. Um, any general tips for strength training whilst on a bit of a cut? Got a good six to eight kilos to lose, but worried. Chris Robinson. Uh, don't be worried. Just, uh, you know, if you, if you, if you, Controlling your calories so that your weight loss is pretty slow. I don't really think it's going to affect much. It depends on what level you're at, but generally speaking, most people can still get a little stronger and improve skill-wise in areas on on um, a cut. Um, obviously, if you're going like, like really hyper-aggressive for whatever reason, then I would just structure your training so that you stay away from testing heavy lifts so you don't get negged out all the time um, and just accept that if you want to do a drastic cut, it ain't going to be the best for your performance. What are you? Yeah, just say, don't, don't let it fucking, don't, don't be putting barriers in your head before you're trying to achieve your goals. Like, why, why does it have to negatively affect you? Like, just fucking keep, keep trying to get better. Whilst, and just set, set your expectations appropriately. Maybe it's not the, the time to be pulling massive PBs or whatever, but there'll be something that I guarantee there'll be something that, that you can improve at. And like we said uh, last week with the PED stuff, like coming off cycle or whatever, like set your goals appropriately. Like, um, can you improve skill? Um, so what one from Paul Smith, 
most impressive feat of strength you've both seen? I've seen in, in the flesh. Um, well, let me have a quick think on that one. You go first, then you don't think. Um, oh, no, I know what it is. <laughs> Hicks doing 400 squat, probably. Um, oh, on the safety bar? No, I, wasn't, I, missed, I missed that night. I couldn't, I, just, I couldn't believe it, fucking hell. But yeah, I felt like going there, but I wasn't. Mine would have to be when, um, when I watched Tom Martin total, I think it was 1,010, but his 400 and summit pull got disallowed, like wrongly disallowed. Um, he did like 1,010 at 110 kilos or something, so he squatted like 405 or something, benched 205 and deadlifted 410 or some shit, but got disallowed for downward movement of the bar. Uh, but it, it didn't. It was like the flex in the bar. Um, but he got red lights for it, so ended up with like a 970 total or something. But got, got to see all the lifts. It was crazy. Wow. Oh, yeah. Actually, Hicks doing 220 log last year before in the Europe's prep. That was uh, class. Because it, so, it was such a good rep. And uh, I, d I genuinely believe he was strong enough to do 230 if he didn't have to. If it were anyway, it doesn't matter, does it? Um, Last one to wrap up from uh, Matt Worley. Who would win in a fight, Shane or Josh? Obviously, when Shane has fully functioning hand. Um, I don't know. I don't know how Josh is. I think I'm sparking though. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh Josh, Josh, you've got that football background, haven't you? You got that scrap well, background. Well, it's not really football. It's just being a bit fucking not wired up, right, isn't it? Um, we'll have to have a charity yeah. boxing match uh, after, after Thor already. <laughs> yeah, you you've got you done um, MMA, haven't you? That's that. No, well, I did. Kick, I had kickboxed for like sixteen years. Yeah, so you, I'd say Sh Shane would be the favourite, but if, but it'd have to. Fight. I think you. I think you'd be like harder, but I think I could maybe fight better than you, maybe. Yeah, well, and, like, in a boxing match, it's just a scrap. You know what I mean? What's gonna happen? You're gonna get fucking ears bitten, shit, aren't you? But yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Like you'd have to KO me anyway. I'd just tag in uh, Dave Peters and get Sean's dad to. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, gonna listen to this. I'll be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll uh, call it a day at that. Thank you. So um, I'll put another box. I'll put a box up next week, and uh, we'll do the. The quick fire round again. You put it up, Shane, as well, and get some um, yeah, get some serious questions up because um, you can see when um, the piss take questions, you just can't be asking. Yeah, I can see. I'm I'm too stoned to get asked about chickens and elephants. Like <laughs> I can't. And also, every time you know, it's like every time you post that question box. I've read that joke so many times that it just becomes like, oh, yeah, get, yeah, that one. And then I can't bring myself to react to it, especially when I'm high, because then I recall the hundred times that I've been asked that and just go, oh, yeah, nice one. Right, good night, Eggman. See you in a bit. See you, mate. Bye. <laughs>